Listener Production. Hello and welcome to Willow Talk. Adam Peacock here with producer Sam Ferris, Brad Haddon, still not sighted. Don't know where he is. Actually, I do know where he is. Where? And I think Hads would be happy for me to share this, but mm. he's, uh, he's out ill as we know, but he's mm. actually undergoing an operation. Mm. We know that he's going to New Zealand for the test series yeah. and he's having some of his bias removed. <laughs> In a hypnotherapy way or is it actually a, a procedure where they're removing a part of his brain? I think it's located in the backside. <laughs> the man bleeds green and gold. Oh, he does. He does. Hopefully he's not bleeding from there, but it's not, it's not got to that point. Um, sorry about that, listeners, if you're trying to eat and if you're digesting lunch, breakfast or dinner or all at once. But there you go. Hads will be back next week. Yep. Hads will be back next week. Uh, to talk about New Zealand's glorious triumph over South Africa, that real <laughs> yeah. hot team out of South Africa that's yeah. over there for the test series. We do have a good show coming up. We've got uh, Chris Rogers coming on, uh, former Australian batter, current Victoria coach. Like yep. Great uh, round of shield. The best. It? Ripper game. Yeah, we had some, I mean, the international stuff wasn't quite uh, uh, up to standard. No. <laughs> but, yeah, plenty of good action in the shield cricket. Yeah, we're going to wrap up Australia's one-day series against the West Indies, which – Early doors in the second one day with Australia like five for 91, you're thinking, okay, yeah. we've got a little series coming on. They're doing what they did in the test series. It all turned really bad at the SCG and then it somehow got worse in a horrific manner down yeah. in Canberra. That was uh, no good. Capital punishment. <laughs> there you go. And finished with our risers and fallers as well. Got some good noms today. Uh, big thanks to those who have rated us on Apple and Spotify. We're closing in on 300 ratings on Spotify, so help us reach that goal by the end of the month. And over on Apple, we're almost at 80 ratings, aiming for 100 by the time the clocks go back. How's that? It's good. Yeah? That's yep. April 7 for you Queenslanders to make sure you don't confuse your cows. You don't have that, <laughs> of course. But uh, you, you reckon we'll get there on, on the reckon we range? will. I reckon we will, yeah. Yeah. And while you're there, leave us a review if you could. Like the dude's dad. <laughs> what did the dude's dad say, Sammy? The dude's dad said, great show, awesome knowledge and insight. Love hearing all of Brad and Elisa's stories. You wicket keepers are, are a special breed. Keep up the awesome work, guys. Uh, sorry, there are no wicket keepers on this program today. <laughs> uh, no, absolutely not. I can barely catch a ball, <laughs> let alone with gloves and pads on. But yeah, they'll uh, Hads will be back soon and we'll hear from Elisa soon as well. Um, as we sit here and record, she's involved in a one-day international for Australia. So we'll review mm -hmm. all that next week. But let's get to our special guest, Victoria coach Chris Rogers. Yeah, Chris Rogers joins us right now. And Bucky, before we get into the cricket, I want to make mention of something that we discovered on the Triple M call of the uh, one of the one-dayers on the weekend against the Windies. And it was that Mark Waugh nominated you as Australian cricket's greatest male dancer. Now, I'm not saying male dancer in, in, in <laughs> any other term, but you can fill up a dance floor and just keep everyone going. Um, apparently, you have some ability in that uh, in that realm. Would you like to agree with Junior or disagree? State your case. I'd like to think I have a, a little bit of talent on the dance floor. I reckon I had none practice at it. I, I probably visited my fair share of discotheques. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I certainly I, I got quite excited when I was out and uh, I, would, I would hit the dance floor and uh, sometimes I, I, I'd even pour a little bit of uh, bit of my drink on the floor just to just to get a little bit slippery and then that feet would really go so that that was that was my uh, signature move but yeah I, I, I certainly enjoyed myself those days are long gone though 
Okay, okay, we, we will establish that you're you're a serious coach now. You you've, you've got to be a leader of men, not a uh, a man that diverts attention away from what they're trying to achieve on a cricket field. But I will say, ask one more thing: What was your favourite song to get going to? Uh, a little bit of MJ Thriller. That was uh, that was the the one to get going. That can't beat that one. Okay, no worries. Well, we we did also come to the um, conclusion with Mark Warren. It was Brian Lara in the commentary stint at the time that the uh, the best Australian dancer is not as good as the worst West Indian dancer, and Dwayne Bravo <laughs> is apparently the best West Indian dancer. So that's where we are in the pecking order. Thankfully, our cricket's a bit better than theirs at the moment. Probably wouldn't be far off. <laughs> Instead, I can remember um, when we won the 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 third test in Perth against in the 2013-14 Ashes um, where we won mm-hmm. 5-0. All that was to win the series. And we went back to um, Shane Warne's villa. He had a big casino. And things got a little bit uh, loose, I'd say, there. And uh, there, there was definitely some um, some dancing going on. But but the, the memory I have, I'm not sure if I should say this, was, um, and we were, we, were, we were quite excited at the time. So just, you know, forgive us for being um, well lubricated. But I remember, I don't know why, but Dougie Bollinger was just cuddling pillar pants around his ankles. So I'll never forget that. that, that. <laughs> uh, it was one of the great nights. I remember Warden was uh, very impressed with some of the dancing. So, um, yeah, that was, uh, that was a good night. Awesome. Awesome. And we love the stories on Willow Talk, which is prefaced with the term, I'm not sure if I should be telling this, but uh, keep those up. Thanks, Bucky. Now, let's talk some uh, proper cricket, shall we? Because it's been like international sense. We'll leave the, the garbage for later in that one-day series, and we'll talk with, with producer Sam about that. want to pick your brain a bit about the state scene, because we had three red-hot shield games through the week, and there's a bit going on with the Kiwi test team to be selected and a few... Will Sutherland debuting as well for, for the one-day team and a few other questions for you. But firstly, congrats on the win over South Australia. Damn entertaining game. Uh, Nick Maddinson returning and returning with triple figures. I mean, I think everyone in Australian cricket is pretty happy with this guy because we know the talent he's got. What about yourself? Yeah, I mean, that is a, a little bit of an enigma at times, isn't he? He's, that he's, he's done some incredible things. I think he's it's probably agreed that he's exceptionally talented. I think sometimes he's, he's read ball form or performances of, about showing his, his, his white ball stuff. And I think he's one of those players at times I, when he just bats normally, he scores quickly because he's so talented. But when he gets into the, the shorter formats, he, he almost tries to, to create a bit too much because he's got so many options. But definitely the performances he's, he's He's shown for Victoria over a, a long period now of being incredible. So no one's ever doubted his talent. Um, I think that ACL injury he, he had 14 months ago that put him out for a year. I mean, you just can't understate what, what impact that would have on on a player. So to kind of come back here and then try to straight into the BBL, which is high intensity, you know, you, you make one mistake, you're gone. That was always kind of asking a lot. And I think he was searching for answers, but... He came back to the to the Victorian squad um, post that he had a had a good opportunity, spent some time in the middle for both St Kilda and and uh, Victorian second eleven, and, and we saw enough in that to, to think that you know that he still got plenty to offer. And um, you know he went and he went and scored a really good sure hundred in tough conditions when you know the next high score in the game I think was was nowhere near from memory, but 
you know, he's getting to that age where, you know, he's 31, 32. He's, he's getting to the peak of his powers, hopefully. So, you know, hopefully there's, there's plenty more to come for him. And, and who knows, if he can keep back like that, then if it's great for Victoria, and who knows where it'll take him. You've got a close look at, uh, obviously, Fergus O'Neill on a regular basis. So he's come out and taken a Pfeiffer. Uh, Bradman, young cricketer of the year as well, chucked in. Tell us a bit about him and where he you might see him in a pecking order with, you know, your, your next cabs off the rank back in the garage getting fixed again in Lance Morris. Uh, Scotty Boland's got a bit of an issue with his knee. Might, might be provided update with that. But are we pushing things a little further than they should by saying that Fergus is in contention for a Kiwi tour that's coming up? Um, well, I loved your analogy about the garage because it, it's interesting. He, he um, I spoke to him at one stage and, and basically said, mate, you know, a lot of the, the, the guys were six foot five, six foot six. They're probably going to take 20 to 25 matches before things drop for them. That's just almost the, you know, the experience they need to understand their body, the game, or, or the, that, that kind of stuff. He had about five, five games before he had to kind of be having a big impact because, you know, these, these big six foot five, six, six guys, there's a good chance that they might go, you know, past him because they've got the attributes, et cetera. And he, he sent a funny comment. He said, yeah, because he, one of his mentors is Abdal, who was a similar kind of bowler for, for, for Australia and Queensland. I coached him at, at Melbourne Career Club. And he said, he said, yeah, those guys, the six, five, six, six guys are like the Ferraris and the Lamborghinis, but we're the Fuller Falcon. We're the ones who just, you know, get in and, and, and get it done kind of thing. And, I, I, you know, I thought that that was a, a, a pretty good analogy. And, and that's what he is. He basically just sees himself as a, as someone who, who goes in and gets the job done, he puts the ball in the right area, has exceptional skill with it, but just keeps asking questions at the bat. And then in an, a day and age where team, T20 is, is so dominant, young players come through and don't really spend as much time on their, you know, their defence. So if you can ask enough questions of their defence, you're probably going to have a bit of success. So he's been exceptional for Victoria. And it's not just that. It's his personality. He... he He's one of those guys who sometimes it's almost like he'd rather be playing for Victoria with his mates than doing anything else in the world. He just wants to be with his mates kind of thing um, and he will fight and, and give everything. So there's so much to like. He's a fun guy. He draws everyone in. As for your question, uh, look, I, I don't know, but that's a, that's a question for the selectors. Do I believe he's good enough to, to go on and perform for Australia? Absolutely. It's not just the bowling. He brings other qualities, as I said, um, lifts everyone around him. But he's got to fight with that that idea. He's the Ford Falcon and, and they're all the Lamborghinis. So, you know, that's, that's his challenge and, and he's just got to keep performing. With that mullet that he's got, I can actually picture him <laughs> like with the handbrake up but the accelerator down doing the biggest filthy burnout in a Ford Falcon, like a hotted up one as well. I don't know if he's that kind of character, if I'm casting dispersions on just assumption, assuming that he likes that kind of thing, Fergus, but he enjoys life and hanging around with his mates. So I'm not saying that he wouldn't be against the, the odd burnout here and there. Uh, uh, he, um I think he's driving around in a, in a Chrysler at the moment, but uh, I think he's, uh, <laughs> what, what would your perception of him and, is and, and what he actually is to be a little different. He looks like he's that absolute larrikin. Um, he comes from a pretty good family and, and he's, he's had, you know, pretty good privileges along the, the, along the way. So, but he's definitely, you know, he's, he's, 
he's one of the boys and the, the, you know, the guys absolutely love him and, and I can't speak highly enough of him. Yeah, well, you've you've thrown that uh, assumption out the window with the word Chrysler right there. Anyway, <laughs> hey, um, Scotty Boland, I mean, it, he's <laughs> you look at his volume over summer and you go, far out he's been unlucky because when there's games been on, he's been busy, you know, with the Australian team, standby, that next cab I was talking about and saying here that you've, you've he's picked up a little niggle as well. Where, where's he at at the moment, Scotty? Because... Yeah, he uh, he had that moment a couple of years ago, but since I mean, the guys in front of him have just stayed fit. Yeah, and that's that's reality for him. You know, he's he's. I mean, there's there's a fair bit going on around now. You know, the chat around this bowling attack Australia has is as good as any attack that's you know that's Australia's ever had, and that's pretty exceptional to, to even be in the conversation of you know McGrath, Gillespie, Lee, Warren. But it really sets it's you know it's. Those three fast bowlers who, who seem to be in front of him, they are generational players who have earned the right kind of thing. And, and Scotty, he, he's well aware of, you know, where he sits. He's, he's playing his best cricket that he ever has. You know, he's got to 33, 32, 33 and above. And, and this is the, the time of his life. But at this stage, he's, he's still sitting behind three unbelievable bowlers. So he understands. I think he's, you know, he's, he's the kind of guy, though, if you ever needed someone to come off the bench and you absolutely 100% know what you're going to get from him, he's the man. So mm. in terms of Andrew McDonald's options, you know, and the selected options, I mean, he's someone you want to carry around in your back pocket because, you know, if you ever need him, you just pull him out and, and it will give you exactly what you know he's going to, he's going to give you them and, and it will be successful. So he, he won't, obviously won't be able to play forever, but at the moment he's playing really good cricket. He, yeah, there was a bit of a niggle on during the week, but, a lot of times you kind of think, oh, God, you know, that's going to put him out for the rest of the game. He came back out in second innings and, and bowled because, because he knows his body well and he's, and he's pretty durable as well. So um, so that's a good thing in itself. One last one on that uh, really entertaining game uh, that you won by three wickets. Campbell Kellaway and, and Sammy Harper finished off the run chase. Now, Sammy, he had a horrific um, incident mid-summer uh, in the Big Bash when he, he got heavily concussed in the nets. I mean... Did you have to do anything different with him to get his mindset back in the back in the game, or did he take care of that himself because he he knows himself so well? I don't know. What's up back there? I think just because he got hit a few years back before my time as Victorian coach it would have been like two thousand and nineteen, maybe. And Jake Lehman was at him, and he and he kind of swung round and swung round so far and hit he hit Sammy in the head with his bat, and that was a real bad knock. That was a that was a horrific thing, and Sam had some real issues around that. So naturally, we were we were really really concerned when when that happened because of his history, and it was almost like, well, this could be months, you know, this could be out for a while. I think what we probably unfortunately have had the privilege of is, is a lot of experience around, particularly with Wilkowski. So we have some exceptional, you know, medical support. Uh, to go with it, so he he was he was you know directed to the right people. He, he did all the right things, and it, it actually went pretty well. His recovery was, was excellent. I think he was in hospital for the night. Um, he came out the next day, which was good in itself. And then uh, it was pretty pretty horrific. But yeah, even then, when we got to the selection table, it was like, geez, is this how we want him to come back in? You know, do we want him to come straight back into the shield side, or do we want him to go through club cricket and get a bit of confidence? And I called him. 
and just just spoke to him and you could hear him say, I'm good to go. Everything's been brilliant. Um, mm. You know, I'm feeling as good as, as ever. And he played two crucial uh, innings for us throughout the game. And, you know, if he hadn't played, we might have lost the game. So, um, you know, I think we did everything right. He did everything right. And, and it was, you know, I was great for him that he could come out and bow and succeed. Yeah, that is that is good. And just a quick one on Will, where he's at as well, because again, a couple of weeks ago, same thing happened, or not same as Sammy, but you know, same thing that Will's been going through. Yeah, I mean, he's had some delayed symptoms, not big ones, but just just little delayed symptoms, which which can can happen. I remember I even had him in the West Indies uh, quite about the time. You, you you think when it happens, you can think you're okay, and then you know, a day or two, a few days later, it kind of just a little bit of dizziness and things like that. So the medical team here. Once again, they're probably not overly conservative, but very conservative with Will. So usually it's a seven-day, you know, sit on the sidelines for concussion. But for, for Will, we kind of push it out to 12 days. So he missed this, this shield game. You know, things are, are tracking pretty well. And then we just we will just talk to the, have the right conversations and see if he's available next week in, in Sydney for that, that shield game. Fair enough. Bit of rain around, by the way. Bring your spinners. Hey, um, with uh, the Shield games that we saw this week, they're all great. They're all fantastic finishes. I mean, New South Wales got it done over in the West. Tight game. Interesting call with a, uh, a not out in, in one incident that we'll get to later on this episode of Willow Talk. The votes are in with our uh, Instagram poll. And up in Brizzy, uh, Jordan Silk helped uh, get Tassie home as well over Queensland. Uh, but you guys are second in the Shield ladder. So who are you playing in the final? <laughs> well, we actually don't know where we are playing in the ball yet. Because if we do happen to host the final, we don't have a moment at the moment just because um, of the of the Grand Prix, which impacts most oh, yeah. of all Secure. So, you know, we've just got to work through through those issues. We've, we've obviously got a few few options, but um, but yeah, that that'll be interesting. But that's that's the challenge. Hopefully, we can we have to face because we're that means we're winning some games. But it's very tight. You know, I think does it. At top, we're second, but third and fourth are kind of within a game behind us because of our bonus points haven't been um, fantastic. So, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of pressure on on everyone. A big game next week for us, New South Wales, their place, they're, they're, they're coming off a couple of victories as well. So, um, you know, we've got our work cut out for us. Where would you play your final if you, if you hosted? Because obviously MCG footy, like you say, Grand Prix takes over that part of Melbourne. Would you have to go to a... I don't know, a Geelong or is there another ground in Melbourne somewhere or is it a case of maybe going to Monica in Canberra with a uh, with a kind of neutral venue? Uh, we, we, uh, we'll, we'll keep waiting through those options. Pat, we'll let you know if, if that comes up. Sammy's just let me know about Alice Springs a couple of years ago as well. So uh, March, not too warm. We played mobile one year. That was, that was funny. We, um, we went down and there was a festival on, so we, we couldn't get any um, accommodation. But if you, if you drive from the airport, into uh, into Hobart, and just before you get the bridge to go over the over the, the river, um, there's a little motel that kind of sits on the top of the hill. We, we had to stay there for the first bit. I went I went in. Originally, I was going to be sleeping in with three old blokes. I was about 34, 35. So I didn't know it's not happening. Fortunately, Jimmy Patterson can't be by himself, so he he swapped with me, and then I I got a room to myself. But the uh, lights went off one second. Um, <laughs> yeah. but uh, I remember I went into the the toilet and there was a there was a the, the window was open and there was a spider the size of my hand. And I just I was like, I won't bother you. You won't bother me. We'll be fine. And stayed it up the, the whole week. But um, 
no, then we had to we had to swap about. Yeah, that after day two of the the shield game, we we moved to another uh, another place. So that those were interesting times. Yeah, we won. No, that was uh, that was good in the end. <laughs> That's the main thing, and got the memory of staying in the cockroach inn or whatever it was uh, <laughs> at the time. So fantastic! Hey, uh, stayed there, but there you go. Good times. There you go. <laughs> I, I bet you Will Sutherland didn't stay in that uh, that kind of accommodation when he's made his one day debut, and it was great to see at the SCG last Sunday, and obviously uh, involved in what was one of the worst games of one day cricket we've ever seen on on Tuesday in Canberra. But big Will, I mean. You see it when he's running after a ball when they're going to win by 150 runs or whatever and he's charging into the rope like his frigging life depended on it. No surprise to those who have seen him play. No surprise to you, no doubt. But where to from here for a player like Will? Like, Where's his upside? Is he is he verging on his his absolute peak or has he still got a lot to go in your opinion? Oh, man, a lot, lot to go. I mean, particularly around his batting. I think that that's, that's going to be the real area of improvement. Just he keeps working through some issues and um, and starts to believe. But in terms of you know what you see with him, I mean that that's evident when you when you watch him around the place when, when he comes into to work. You know he's he's the first in, last to leave, hardest runner, best in the gym, you know best fielder kind of thing. He, he does everything right. So for us, on it even even that transition from Pete Hanscom as captain into into Will Sutherland, and you know he's at the older guys, it's interesting because they have all a lot of the leadership experience, but life starts getting in their way. You know, they've got wives, kids, mortgages, things like that, and they just start to pull them away from the place a little bit, and that's that's completely understandable. But so that kind of twenty four to twenty eight year old, you know, those guys, they're the ones who start to dictate the culture. And and the thing that we we really wanted too was every young guy who walks into this place. The person that they look up to is and is is Will Sullivan and say, right, that's what it takes to be a Victorian cricketer. So, so that that's that was an easy call in some respects because he, he is that kind of guy and and he brings those those leadership qualities. And you see, you've seen that desperation. You've seen him give everything. He's the kind of guy I think that people want to play with as well. So it's great to see him doing well. But like I said, and watching think that there's there's plenty more to come. And it's worked out for him, of course, because he had that choice. Like a lot of like especially from the footy playing states, it's not so much an issue with rugby league and cricket or rugby union and cricket, but it certainly is with AFL footy and cricket, the the choice that certain players have to make. And he's obviously made his choice, even though he uh, combined the two with one of those catches on, on Sunday. It was like he was playing centre-half forward for the Sydney Swans, exactly where he was on the 50-metre mark uh, pretty much. But he he's well-adjusted now to the idea of, cricket's his thing and he's got this reward now and it's uh, a long time ago that he was a footy player. Is that fair? Yeah, interesting though. Probably even up until two seasons ago, things weren't going quite as well for him as he, as he hoped. And then we were kind of getting towards the end of the season and I was hearing rumours that there were nine AFL clubs who wanted to sign still, you know, like here. I mean, he was well and truly into his cricket career and there's, there's nine AFL clubs. And I remember just sitting with him and, and we, we had a chat. He, he was always, I think, picking cricket wasn't a big issue for him. Probably nice for him to be wanted, but uh, but equally, like the chat was, you know, at some stage, all these senior guys that are there for Australia, they're they're, they're going to finish up, and then it's who's going to be there, you know, and ready to go, that kind of thing. So, you know, he's still got a little bit of time because it, 
yeah, Australia's gone through a bit of a change. There's still probably a little bit of time left before there's a big, big change in terms of a lot of those senior players gone one day. And then, then hopefully Will, you know, like his, his, his development is, is well and truly advanced and, and, and he's ready to go. I think, I'll ask my Scotty Boland, you know, that, that, they figured a lot of their things out, and um, when that chance came, you know, comes that, that he, he'll he'll be able to perform. So, I guess that that footy thing was was always there. But one of the things that I found when I came to Victoria was even in, in club cricket, everyone thinks that they're an AFL superstar, and that's how they play they play cricket, and they all chat about well, you know, and they could have gone top ten in the draft, but actually, you know. Will was one and one of the only one of the few who probably could have gone in the draft. But yeah, so there's a bit of chat about that. He's quite proud of that. Hey, Bucky, a couple of other things before we let you go. There was a horrendous run out in the one day on Tuesday at Marnica Oval uh, with Chase and Ford, I think it was. And they ended up like just having an absolute Barney in the middle and calling each other names as one walked off. I think it was Ford walked off and Chase held his own and they were still jawing at each other and everything like that. Had a look at your test record. You had three runouts. Uh, one with Peter Siddle at the other end when you were about to carry a bat against South Africa and two with David Warner at the other end. Now, can were any of those three horrific in your mind or did you have another one where you've had an absolute horror show and you didn't speak to the other guy for a good, I don't know, five or six days? I reckon I was run out all three of them, right? Is that, I don't think I ran David out. That would be a mistake. I do remember. No, you were run out, you know, all those three. Yeah, all those you were three, out. Yeah, you were the one out, walking yeah. back. No, yeah. I, I was, it was my fault, so I had no big issue. But I do remember Cattlebacker early on in my career I was backing and I was kind of running to the pavilion end kind of thing and I, and I dropped around and someone kind of scooted around from point to back point through down the stumps and it just happened to be just a wanger who got run out. And you can imagine how angry he was as he walked <laughs> off the ground. I think he looked at me the whole way <laughs> with those like, mad eyes, the death stare as he walked off. But I, I better stay out here for a while. I don't want to get back in that change room for a little while. So that was uh, that was the inspiration to back for a bit longer. But yeah, I, 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 I'll do my lesson then. Don't, don't run JL out. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. So he he, st- he was walking backwards towards the pavilion, was he? Like looking at you, like just absolutely filthy. Yeah, to do a 3D, like a 180 and then walk all the way back, say. So. It was probably about like 130 metre or 120 metre, whatever. And then, yeah, he, he stared at me like, pretty much the whole way. <laughs> he burned a hole in you. Because yeah. it is one of those things. As as fans, we look at it and go, I wonder how long it takes the steam to go out of the situation. Because um, you don't want to be getting out straight away, do you? Because you're joining an angry human being in the dressing room and he's there because he blames you type thing. You're there of your own stupidity. But honestly, how long does it take – players to to kind of forgive no depends who it is i reckon like i, I yeah i remember when i like i got stuck into uh what i last i was on here and then you interviewed him after but um mm. i always remember the uh the one against uh in gashes where what they just tucked it to square leg and and um specialist fielder jonathan trot um some, he filled in either fight leg or, or slip sometimes. It was a bit weird, but he just happened to be a big wicket. He ran around, picked the ball up and, and threw the stumps down in the first over and Cadditch hadn't faced the ball. I don't know if you remember that one, but um, I always wondered how long it took, you know, that 
Eastern European blood of, of Simon Cadditch to, to, to settle down uh, before, yeah, he, he could speak to Wano again. But, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes, you know, these things happen. You get on with it. Just depends how many times it happens, I reckon. I would have loved to have seen uh, Katicevic uh, lose his mind in that, <laughs> on that occasion. I reckon it would have happened. So we'll end it with that one, mate. Um, thank you once again for joining us on Willow Talk and go well in the forthcoming Shield Games for Victoria. Appreciate it. And I, I, I really hope Brad recovers from whatever sickness he, he has imagined or, or real. Yeah, exactly. We'll give him a cuddle when he comes back. Cheers, mate. <laughs> Good on it. Back in a sec with plenty more about the one-day series against the West Indies and our risers and fallers. So we're back, and speaking of back, the West Indies are back in the doghouse in terms of cricketing ability, it seems. That was <laughs> what on earth did we witness on Tuesday, Sammy? Uh, we witnessed a demolition job. It was embarrassing is a strong word, but I don't think they would mind calling that performance embarrassing. That's watered down. With a yeah. performance where yeah. you've got 259 balls remaining. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of balls. It actually got me thinking back to 2003 when Australia A rolled Sri Lanka for 65 at the Adelaide Oval, chased it down in a handful of overs, and then they played a 25-over game. That's right. To give the fans who had turned up, there was about 10,000 fans to turn up some more cricket to watch. Otherwise, they'd be getting there for less than a T20 back So in they didn't days. think of doing that last night. They probably thought, no, we don't want to see any more of that. I don't know. But it would have been worth it. I mean, there was all that rain forecast for Canberra, but it stayed away, so yeah, it could have done it. Yeah. I know the Triple M crew might have been a bit happy because they went to a good <laughs> restaurant on uh, Monday night and they might have been able to get back there on Tuesday night to to do the double up. But yeah, you, I don't know. You can't say you feel for Xavier Bartlett, but it almost feels like anything out of that game has a bit of an asterisk next to it given how bad the opposition was. However, taking four international wickets again, Xavier, so mm. eight for the series, and then... Uh, Jake Fraser McGurk going berserk, yeah, forty-one from eighteen, including one over where he was just hitting it to all parts. <laughs> uh, they were the highlights from an Australian perspective. So hopefully that's the the starting point for something much much greater for those two gentlemen. Yeah, and uh, Cameron Green did a harmy. His first ball went to first slip mm. around the wicket. He's got some swing straight to <laughs> <Yes>. Will Sutherland <laughs> at first slip. So they're playing highlights, but yeah, I mean, there's no asterisk for Bartlett and McGurk mm. in their early days of their international career. I mean, Bartlett's now being talked up as an Ashes bolter. An Ashes bolter. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing in the papers, but pretty crazy effort from him to come in and all that talk about resting, which we'll get to in a little bit, mm. uh, did him the world of good because he's gone four, missed a game, four more. I think there's only a handful of players who have taken eight wickets in their first couple of international one days. So great start by him, great start by Lance Morris, unfortunately, done that side issue but uh yeah um the generation next looking pretty good we'll get to that in a moment just yep. you you got some stats yep. to, to get off your chest here because if there was some like you know if there's one thing a match like that does give up it's delving into books and you know web pages about what does that all mean where does it all lie where does it lie in terms of lowest one day scores for the windies well, it's their fifth lowest one-day score ever and the second lowest in Australia after the 70 in Perth in 2013. I reckon Mitch Stark got amongst them that day. Uh, they played back-to-back -back games over there and both games didn't end very well for the West Indies. But yeah, 86, fifth lowest in their one-day history. 186 balls bowled in the entire match makes it the sixth fewest ever in a completed men's ODI. <laughs> All these stats are men's ODIs. Yep. It's the shortest match ever held in Australia, so we probably could have got another game mm. 
a T20, maybe a T20 exhibition game ahead of the T20 series yep. that starts on Friday. And it's the shortest match ever in terms of balls bowled is 104 when the mighty Nepalese dismissed the USA for 35 and chased it down in 5.2 overs. So, um, <laughs> Hopefully the US have improved ahead <laughs> yeah, of the World Cup. Yeah. That was rain affected too. They still got a game in. What's well, the T20 World Cup coming up anyway, but yeah. that was a 50 over one. Yeah. Um, in terms of balls remaining as well? Yeah, 259 balls remaining. Australia's biggest win in terms of balls remaining and the seventh biggest ever. And it's the Windy's worst loss in those terms. In the last 22 one days between these sides, it's 20 wins to Australia and two no results. And Australia's on a 12-match winning run in the one-day format. The record is 21 when they started okay. either started either started and ended either side of that 2003 World Cup. Yeah, the dominant World Cup where mm. they lost Shane Warne just before the World Cup and yep. didn't miss a beat regardless. And then that epic performance in the final. Just on the Windies, I, I heard an interview with their CEO on the weekend. They said, fair and square in the end, we missed out on playing in the World Cup. But like had a little bit of a pop at the fact that they they tried to play as much cricket through the World Cup and it actually hurt them because of their rankings and their rankings fell and they fell outside that they had to go through the qualifiers. Mm. You can't sit here right now and say that they deserve to be in a World Cup on the basis of their recent 50 over, especially in light of these three games. They, they're worse than the Netherlands. Yes. In this format, which yeah. is incredible because in T20s, you look at their squad in T20s, they've got some of their big, big guns yeah. who can like really turn a game by themselves coming back for it. It's just a shame that, you know, that they seem to have no interest in playing the 50-over format. That's the big issue, isn't it? That their best players aren't on the park yeah. all the time. Uh, we've seen it in New Zealand, South Africa, A or B or whichever way you want to look at it, are playing against New Zealand getting hammered mm. while their best players are playing in the domestic competition in South Africa. West Indies as a cricketing team, I guess they're not really a nation, but you know, as a nation yeah. in cricketing terms, they need to have their best players to compete. Australia had the luxury of picking a lot of young players and still being able to compete really well. But mm. for countries like the West Indies, those lower tier nations, not that they're, you know, they're still a test playing nation, they need to have their best players. And when they don't, things can go wrong really quickly. Yeah. It was just diabolical on so many Where's levels. Where's Shamar Joseph? Well, he's toes hurt. He's playing in <laughs> Pakistan, isn't he? Yes, he's going there. PSL. Yeah, he went home to, to chill out after his epic thing. If that means that, that, like if Shamar Joseph needed that little break and it means he's going to be okay for their next test series whenever that is, yeah. well, you can understand it. Um, it was yeah. a m massive emotional high for him. So And the reception he got when he returned. Yeah, yeah. it was pretty cool. Yeah. It was pretty cool. It was better than the reception that Shaggy and uh, Sean Paul got <laughs> at the uh, front gate of the SCG the other day when they got locked out because of torn jeans by Shaggy, the yeah. rapper. Didn't they say, uh, who gave you those jeans? He just said, it wasn't me. Oh, Sammy, you're better than that. <laughs> you're better than that. I didn't do the accent. <laughs> Thankfully. <laughs> now, the only downside for Australia uh, was Thing, Thing, as we had him on yeah. the uh, the podcast last uh, Tuesday. So have a listen to that, uh, an interview with Lance Morrison, learning a bit more about him. Thing, unfortunately, did his thing. His side thing. Yeah. Uh, and oh, isn't that the worst? Like, in a, in a game like that as well, it's not as if it was on the line or anything. It's like doing a hammy when you're playing in a 80-0 win in a game of, game of footy. But, yeah, side strain, you'd have to say he's in heavy doubt. Yeah. for the, the Kiwi Tour, which they haven't named the squad yet. So talking to Bucky before about who's who's wearing the pecking order, is it uh, – and one player I didn't mention with him, uh, Michael Nisa, yeah. would he be probably first cab if Scott Boland isn't 100%? It sounds like he, he got through the Shield game the other day, but not 100%. He'd have to be, wouldn't he? I mean, he's been in and around 
the team for a long time now. He's played a handful of test matches. Good 12th man at the moment, given his big bash. Didn't he get down to the All the, the catches, yeah. It wasn't his <laughs> yeah. for the best, like down to the semifinals of the best catch of the big bash? Yeah, he's a, an elite fielder. And you just get, he would be a great player in New Zealand. You know, mm. he swings the ball, moves it off the deck a bit, handy batter, amazing fielder. Uh, he'd be right up there. We looked at the shield wicket takers, the top shield wicket takers this summer. You've got Chris Tremaine. You've got Gabe Bell from Tasmania. Mm. You've got Fergus O'Neill in there. There's one other that I'm forgetting, so apologies to whoever that is. But well, Fergus has got the best average. He's yeah. 28 at 15. Mm-hmm. I think in the top 10, only Joel Paris, who's only played four games, he's He's got an average of 13 at the moment. He's taking wickets for fun. But, yeah, there's, there's a stack of players who are putting their hand up in terms of wickets taken yeah. this summer. Interesting to level. see who they take. I mean, you, mm. it's a two-test series. It's not that far away in terms of distance. So they normally take two fast bowlers as backup. So yep. if Bowen's fit, he'll go, and then they'll maybe Nisa for the second one. T20s start on Friday night in Hobart, 7 p.m. start time for game one. So Mitch Marsh and Glenn Maxwell back for that. No Paddy or uh, Mitch Stark. Spencer Johnson in for Nathan Ellis, who is recovering from a rib injury. Then they go to Adelaide and then Perth with a day's rest in between. Spencer Johnson, shout out to Ben Horn. Um, (laughs) It could be in Rises or Fallers. So Benny's done an analysis piece uh, for Code Sports and the News News Corp Network uh, around the country in the papers about who's where in the pecking order. So he's called Lance Morris wild thing and then he's gone and given Spencer Johnson a nickname <laughs> mild thing <laughs> which sounds like a sledge to me I don't think it's a com- he, he might have meant it as a compliment yeah. but that's no compliment no way I mean he's mild mannered <laughs> yeah. very polite man but he bowls it pretty quick he's not no. <laughs> He gets it up there. I mean, he's not Mitch Marsh trundling in at 125. I mean, uh, Mitch, Mitch Marsh can get it up over 135 if he tries. Yeah, well, he, he used to bowl rockets and then his body kept breaking, so he stopped doing it. <laughs> uh, before I forget, Nathan McAndrew is the second on the show. Nathan McAndrew. Didn't want to disrespect the, the yes. Sackers or, the, yep. or Nathan McAndrew. But yeah, the mild thing, it's one of the better nicknames. Friend of the show, Ben Horn. So I wonder if he came, with that, came up with that. Do you reckon that's a Ben Horn original? <laughs> He's probably sitting there after a long summer going, this is got a little <laughs> delirium. I know for a fact that he went to the game in Canberra on Tuesday yeah. and he got there late and he almost missed the whole game. <laughs> <laughs> and then had to drive home as well that night. Yeah. So anyway, uh, but a full strength squad, intriguingly, for the T20 series in New Zealand. Yeah. Sammy. Getting ready for that T20 World Cup. I think there's six games. Maybe it's these three and then the three in New Zealand before – uh, the warm-up games ahead of that T20 World Cup yep. in the US and Caribbean. So they've got to get their best team out there. Interesting to see if they play their full strength, their number one 11 all mm. the way through, if they continue to mix and match the team. We've seen how good Josh Inglis has been lately, but you think you've got a top order of Marsh, Head, Steve Smith vying for that opening spot as Warner. well. Warner, of course. I nearly forgot about Don't him. Don't forget, he's, he's back. He's back, baby. He's back. Max is back as well. Yeah. It's a brilliant a really imposing team. You've got the big quicks as well. Um, so, and Matthew Wade, just can't get rid of him. Just love him. Just, love him. He, but he's the perfect foil. Like he, he, he can go slide in there as a, a middle order bat yep. or just chuck the gloves on or go up the top of the order if they really need it as well. So, yep. yeah, anyway, risers and fallers. Sammy, what's our main riser? India. Faulty at the Oval. No, sorry. <laughs> India beating England. Yeah. 
106 runs. Another great test match over there. This one in Vizag, series level one all. England chasing 399 to win. Now, I've heard a lot of talk about just the fact that people believe that England could chase down 399 Mm. was enough to say how good this team going. Felt like another moral victory. No. Beaten by 100 plus. (laughs) I think the records just show that no one's ever got close to chasing that down in India. Uh, But... They made a good fist of it. It feels yeah. like they're a new ball team at the moment. Crawley at mm. the top, getting lots of runs. Duckett as well, playing fearless cricket. But once they lose a couple of wickets and the ball gets a bit old, spinners come into play. Jasper Bummer comes into play with his reverse swing and they're not quite as effective that way. So uh, Ben Stokes had a bad run out, said it was like a dumb thing. He was not – I mean, he didn't shy away from – He didn't? No. He, I didn't see the comments, but yeah. I saw the run. Yeah, it was bad. And he was looking over his shoulder the whole time. He said – If he put his foot down, he makes it easy. Yeah, yeah. He said – I think he called it dumb cricket or something like that. Yeah. So he admitted to it. But fine margins in those games. Really interesting to see if Virat Kohli returns. That was the – he was, that was the slated plan. to miss the first two, wasn't mm. he? So wait and see. They've got a bit of a break over there before that. Yeah, thing England takes. are going to Abu Dhabi to play a bit of golf. Are they? Yeah. Oh, nice for them. <laughs> Good on you, gents. Speaking of golf and cricket, Ricky Ponting. Yeah. He's got a new job. Got a new job. He's going to Washington to coach the Washington Freedom in the MLC Major League Cricket. He's over there for two years now. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's expanding. We already know, I think it's the San Fran Unicorns with Shane Watson as their head coach. And they're all the tech bros. The tech bros. Yeah. Yeah, As we're talking to Marcus Steinis ahead of the season, he was talking about uh, Silicon Valley and um, the San Fran Unicorns. But uh, Washington, what's the word? They are jointly run, I guess, by Cricket New South Wales. Okay. So Punter got signed on by them. Uh, big name. Names in Australian cricket don't get much bigger. So let's see what kind of impact he's going to have over there. There's lots of funding behind that competition. Is it let's Washington it State or Washington, D.C.? I think it's D.C. D.C., okay. Yeah. It's Washington State, Seattle. Yeah, it's up the top there. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. More rises. Australian under-19s. They're playing Pakistan in the second World Cup semi-final tomorrow. India beats South Africa to make the final. The final is on Sunday. Shocked to see India make an under-19 final. the last five finals. <laughs> just to keep doing it. Yeah. yeah. And as we sit here right now, as mentioned before, Australia's women's team are playing while we're recording the one day. So we're just going to assume they won. Although last time we did this on this show, we yeah. assumed the Sixers were going to win the BBL final. Well, I don't think... Well, you... we didn't. We didn't. But yeah, the, I didn't. The magenta yeah. clad members of this podcast did. and uh, Yeah, well, they're completely them. biased. Anyway, <laughs> and a faller, Sammy. We've got one faller. Go for it. Adam Peacock. Yeah. Because we asked our Instagram followers whether the not-out decision against Chris Green for obstructing the field was out or not out. Early signs pointed out, but overall a couple hundred votes there led to a, a not-out decision there, mm. 64% saying not out. And if you look at the laws of cricket – under 37.2, it says a batter shall not be out obstructing the field if the obstruction or distraction is accidental or the obstruction is in order to avoid injury. So I guess they think in this case, he's blocked the ball to protect himself. The ball was thrown at him. It probably would have hit him shin pad height. Yeah, in the pads. But it's a blanket rule, Adam. But it wouldn't have injured him. Maybe. What's the, what, what, what's the point of having the rule if 
It wouldn't have injured him. It would have hit him in the pad. Yeah, but that's up to discretion. It's if it's going to hit the, if it's going to hit the person, any any ball that hits a pad, it's not going to injure you unless the pad is ask, made of ask cats. Ask cats. He got hit by Sean Tate. You reckon he didn't limp off there with him? Well, <laughs> we're holding that we're for gonna, him. Gonna, I think there's a yeah. We're going to get him. For there's that. an incorrect on that one. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I'm going to go full Trumpism on that and say that I I, I dismiss those uh, findings. <laughs> that vote. Right. right. I'm not going to say that I'm going to have an insurgency on this building on January. Six or anything like that. Please don't. However, <laughs> I will say, sixty-four percent of you are completely wrong, and I'm still right. So, yeah. Well, anyway. I mean, like we said, the we had Fergus, uh, Callum Ferguson, and uh, Elisa Healy say it was not out. And Fergus Ferguson. Fergus Ferguson. <laughs> He's on the mind. Yeah, exactly. I'm stoked that Adam Dale was his favourite player. Yes. After Adam D- Dale copped a drive-by from Brian Lara yeah. over summer. Super Dale. Yeah. <laughs> saying that he should have stick to the Gabba. Um, it's good to see people like that. Kind of imparting their knowledge, and he did have a. He was a skillful bowler, wasn't he, Adam Dale? Oh yeah. To um, chuck it on Fergus and get the best out of him. You need different shapes of bowlers in mm. your bowling attack, I reckon. Even the one Australia has right now, you've got the two big guys, Hazelwood and Stark, big tall fellas. But Stark is more of a skiddy bowler; doesn't come mm. over the top of the ball. Cummins does everything, and Hazelwood's your line length bounce bowler. So if you can get a guy like Fergus O'Neill, get in the old Ford Falcon, know he's dependable for ten yeah. overs, hitting the spot. Challenging the defence. It sounds like Fergus driving the Chrysler. Um, yeah, Chrysler. <laughs> when when Bucky said, you know, you know, he's privileged upbringing, good family, like this. Yeah. This is not the origin story I was hoping for. <laughs> yeah, no, rags to riches. <laughs> yeah, come on. No, riches to more riches. <laughs> yeah. sound it. No, good on you, Fergus. Keep uh, keep punching away, and hopefully we can see some more wickets from him. Um, and uh, putting pressure on Australian selectors to perhaps get him in there because he seems like a real character. Yeah. Uh, Sammy, that's us for that's World us. Talk this week. Thank you, mate. Thank you. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll be back next week with more Willow Talk.